The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this trans me? No, 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 no! Yes. Yeah. yeah, way better. Way better. Okay, yeah, so yeah, Mads, since you are now on the East Coast, you get to enjoy the Roxodus Festival in Ontario. So yeah, Nickelback, Collective Soul, uh, Big Wreck, Who Fucks, and Headpins. Second oh day, Leonard Skinnerd, Cheap Trick, Billy Idol, Blondie. Uh, next day, Kid Rock, Alice Cooper, and Peter Frampton. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! And Sunday, Aerosmith, Matthew Good, and Theory of a Dead Man, and I, Mother Earth. Oh my god. So I Mother Earth? This is what Earth? you get to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't listened to I Mother Earth in forever. No one has listened to I Mother Earth in forever. <laughs> Even I Mother Earth forgets what fucking songs they wrote. I don't know any of these bands. Well, it's because you're so small and young. I'm a fucking dipshit. <laughs> Just a tiny baby. And hello! Welcome! Welcome again to Trenifesto. Trenifesto, or How I Learned to Stop Wearing and Love Bad Representation. Um, so in light of last week, which you all probably heard, we uh, reviewed the movie Girl, and so this week we decided to take a bit of a, you know, a bit of a lighter tone to the show, just because we definitely needed the break. Um, if any of you didn't listen to that show, I would highly suggest you go back and listen to it. Or don't. Actually, we're completely fine with that Please as well. don't listen to this show. It's just not worth it. At all. Yeah, don't actually listen to this show. Just turn it off. Go listen to literally any other podcast. But uh, Not any other podcast. Yeah, well, no. Some there's, of them there's, are canceled. We'll, we'll listen to something like Pod Save America or the o, o, the o Oprah Network. I think Oprah has her own show. Or she just... I hear that Bernie Sanders is starting a podcast. <laughs> um, Chapo, go on Bernie. <laughs> No, no, no. He's on Red Scare, okay? Just remember, just get this straight. Cancel. <laughs> Bernie, come on, trying to festo. <laughs> I just want to let everyone know that I am on trying to festo. I support trans rights and not hiring your goddamn flags. Bernie said trans rights. <laughs> Danish girl, not that bad. <laughs> Relatively speaking. Compared to girl. Uh, so before we get into the, uh, fucking, I say me to the show, but still, we'll get to the movie and stuff like that shortly. Um, but we this actually- show has so much meat. Oh, there's, there's just a throbbing mess this of meat. The show is we'll, hung. We'll get to the meat. Oh, yes. Um, but before we get to the meat, um, we would actually like to issue a rare Tranifesto apology. Uh, as, uh, long-time listeners of the show will remember- uh, about, I think, episode one or two, uh, one of our hosts uh, called out one Grand Linham uh, for being transphobic. Uh, is it Linham or Linehan? Uh, is it, I don't, it's, uh, well, Linner. Linner, like Linner and Skinner. Gl- Glinner, it's Glinner. Glinner, So, yeah. yes, Graham Linham has been promoted from transphobic bigot to friend of the pod after he came out and said he has never been transphobic in his life. Yes, thanks to the Irish Times. Um, so yeah, Glenn, Graham Glinner uh, clarified his position that uh, he actually is not just in, you know, not just for gay rights or trans people. Uh, is that he himself is actually working on a new surgery to cut down the uh, uh, wait time uh, for trans yes. women to get bottom reassignment surgery? 
he has that's in what fact, he's doing. He's a, that's what he's doing instead of writing comedy. He has in fact come out with a list of all of the ally stuff that he has been doing oh, yes. over the past decade, which let's, includes yeah. Let's read that list. Um, number one, he has performed over six thousand gender reassignment surgeries, <laughs> most of which occurred in the past month. Yep. Uh, I get number two here. Uh, he personally has escorted over five thousand trans women to the bed uh, bathroom and made sure to look in the stalls before. Uh, letting them do their business, and he makes sure to watch them while they do their thing, so nobody attacks them. He did, yeah, number three, he did a seventy-two hour stream of Conker's Bad Fur Day, <laughs> which is surprising because that game doesn't take that long, like on an, anything. But he's just that dedicated. And, and just, during that stream, he raised several hundred thousand dollars for mermaids. Yeah, yeah no, just, exactly. Yeah, and single and and personally delivered it to them in. Uh, silver ingots. Um, my libertarian uh, Discord group was actually just talking about this, and <laughs> Graham Linham has also engaged in a thorough and heroic struggle session and denounced himself as a former capitalist rotor. <laughs> and so he, he's a he, he's a committed <clears throat> Maoist now. Yep. I also see here uh, listed that he was the uh, the backup cowbell on transgender dysphoria blues. So uh, that's good for him getting in with uh, Laura and, Jane. And and he literally invented transgenderism. Yeah. No. There. <laughs> also, um, he is not writing the IT crowd anymore. No. No. He, his talents need to be served elsewhere, which is working from home to better promote trans rights uh, and further that. So to Graham, Linham, Glinner, Gratelitter. Come on the pod. Come on the pod. We love you. Thank you for supporting us. And sorry thank you for, for the Thank you for saying trans rights. Uh, thanks Graham for throwing Linham down said trans rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. I like that. So, without further ado... Yeah, let's uh, fucking get on into this shit. Um, so, well, well, now that we're done being back on our bullshit... Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Madeline. I am one of the hosts here. Uh, my Twitter is at rabbit score is dead. Uh, or rabbit underscore is dead. Fucked up my own name. Uh, I am joined today by... I'm Amelia Blair at Lavender Ashtray on Twitter. And I'm Ree Carter at Ree Carter. And one of us is now on the East Coast, so vive la belle Provence! Can it be me? Yeah, you want to come out over here? I got some uh, some cute poutine boys for you. Love love me some poutine boys. Some separatist I'm there, boys? I'm, 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 I'm there, but I overshot, and I'm in New Brunswick, and I don't know how to get out. <laughs> you don't. You, can't, you can never get out. Yeah, they actually don't speak English there. They just speak some weird fucking... Uh, the khakis. Um, it's like Maine, but everybody speaks French. It's terrible. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so moving on to the actual t- movie that we're watching today. So again, we wanted to make it lighter, uh, but we also wanted to tackle a larger subject, which we think is uh, pretty applicable to the show, kind of a where we are to where we are at. Uh, so to start off with, uh, the movie uh, that we watched this week is Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Which is yes. yeah. Ace Ventura, finally some asexual representation on Toronto Festival. <laughs> Yeah, no, we were uh, we were hurting for it. So, uh, so 1994 film. Yeah, uh, starring uh, the one, the only, the uh, Mussolini granddaughter infuriating yes. Jim Carrey. 
Jim Carrey in the news, King, yeah, denouncing abs- fascism and Benito Mussolini, an infuriating former Playboy model and pop star. Um, what's her name, Mussolini? His granddaughter? Wait, wait, I thought she was a member of parliament. Is she a member of parliament? Oh, she's also that, yes. <laughs> oh former Look. Playboy... Former Playboy model, former pop star famous in oh Japan. Oh my god. Member of parliament. Wait, a pop fascist, star famous in Japan? No, 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 this you is, can't this just... actually true. You can't yes. just skirt that past me. What do you mean pop star in Japan? She released these two, like, bizarre albums. <laughs> I've seen bumping around that I've listened to. Oh my god. Is it? Is it? Is it fire? No. It's not, like, the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> It's better than the um, Aerosmith in this movie soundtrack. Oh, yeah, I mean, no. Her- Aerosmith. I'll tell, you, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, it's better than Hitler's granddaughter's album. <laughs> but, but here on the show, we denounce yeah. Stalin's granddaughter, Hitler's granddaughter, and Mussolini's granddaughter. Yeah. But, 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 it's worse than Jessica Hirohito's uh, <laughs> mixtape, which is fire. Come on the pod. Come on the pod. So this movie, um, Ace Ventura, came out in 1994, has a weird cult following among the worst men you'll ever meet. Yeah. Um, like, like, I guess, like, to some degree, like, you know, kids from that era, because, like, I don't remember, yeah. like, in my memory, this movie was a lot better, and I watched it when I was, like, fucking seven years old. Yeah, it was, like, a cultural, it's, at this point, it's a cultural artifact, but it was, like, a cornerstone of mid-90s culture. Um, which is bizarre looking back on it because it's just a shit movie, but yeah, um, it really does sort of feel like the pure distilled id of the 1990s. I mean, it's no biodome, but my oh god, that is such a good movie. By the way, this movie is labeled under thriller action, just so we're clear. Um, well, it certainly is a thriller. Yeah, uh, from start to finish. When the dolphin mascot of, of Miami's NFL team is abducted, Ace Ventura, a zany private investigator. Oh, zany zany there's that word he, he is zany a zany whip of miracle no fuck it we're cutting that, we're uh, cutting that. <laughs> zany a zany private investigator who specializes in finding missing animals looks into the case soon Miami dolphins players are kidnapped too including star player dan marino played by dan marino making aces sleuth work oh is that who more. that was yeah i know it's weird uh jim carrey also played himself uh which i think is interesting uh, working with Dolphins representative Melissa Robinson, Courtney Cox. By the way, Friends is a terrible show. I don't care who fights me on this. It's fucking awful, and you all know it. Uh, Ace closes... Oh, God, yeah. Friends, yeah. just, like, to pause and talk about the 90s a bit yeah, more. Yeah, no, please. Friends is a shit bad show, and you only like it because you're performing nostalgia. Yeah. It's a shit, shit show. You don't like it. Nobody likes it. Stop talking about Friends. Stop watching Friends. Stop pretending to like Friends. Stop making me, like... Stop making me feel like I'm supposed to like friends. <laughs> it's 2019. None of us have friends anymore. Uh, but, be, uh, but to finish, but not before many ridiculous misadventures, which is, a, again, misadventures and zany. Ridiculous misadventures. So I, yeah, what happens in this movie is Ace Ventura is a pet detective, which he like finds lost animals, I guess. Which I guess it's a job. It's a job. It's he a living. He finds lost animals, but he does it through like broken windows policing. um and like theft um but he doesn't play by the rules and like sexual extortion 
Yeah, what the fuck was that opening sex blowjob scene where he's like fucking holding on to like really bizarre? Yeah, he's hold- um, given the tone of the movie, you need to know that he is heterosexual. Like they really need to lay that heterosexual. into you. I need to go talk to someone um, who's only seven years older for me because I was a kid in the '90s. I need to ask if this is actually how people had sex in the '90s, just by like wearing. This yeah. is still how we have sex. Tropical shirts and right? holding on to like. Well, the yeah, se- sex is a sex is a commodity. Okay, so what happens is he finds this person's uh, a dog, and then pull, and then she pulls like that fucking like bad however born thing. Where it's oh, like, how could how I ever I help for you? This? Yeah, and then gives him a like wacky blowjob. Yeah. So some dumb shit happens, and he makes a bunch of faces, and it turns out that the dolphin mascot of the football team has been kidnapped and he's put on the case by their PR manager, Courtney Cox, who is perfect. Um, we do like too Courtney. good for this movie. Too good for this movie. Love during screen. And so he begins to search for this dolphin, um, being discovering... In, being informed by a cop pl- played by Tone Loke, who is, aside from Courtney Cox, the only good part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he finds like a piece of a ring that's like given only to football players from the super bowl from this one year and so he hunts down every player on the team um but none of them have the ring or none of them none of the ring is oh and don't forget he he tracks each one of them down through his zany misadventure montage oh yeah there were some great goofs oh yeah just goofs just you Um, know it really tickles my funny boner um lots of slapstick in this movie so eventually he discovers that the broken ring piece belongs to a football player who turned out to have failed the, like the final kick at the Super Bowl and retired in shame and exile and went off to live alone in a hut where he was like bullied relentlessly and then disappeared from a mental institution after having a mental breakdown. And after that, gradually Ace Ventura... Um, Sherlock Holmes style pieces together the fact that the football player Finkel is in fact the same woman who's in charge of the police. Whoa. And yeah, it's like police Spoiler lieutenant alert. who's Spoiler been trying alert. to shut him down the entire time. This movie is so inane. Um, but he... Look, I feel represented. I'm really I not think that's doing my a great job at explaining story. this movie. Like, how would you guys explain this movie? I mean, no, that's about, that's about it. Yeah, I can't. Really, there's not much more substance to this. Like He like discovers that she's... Or that... Yeah, like the police chief lady is a trans woman, and he at one point had like kissed her. Oh no! And so he has like a freak out where he burns his like, clothes, burns his clothes, like pours, eats eats a bunch of toothpaste, eats a ton of toothpaste, like four tubes of toothpaste, and like cries in the shower and vomits, which is like very very um, woke of him. <laughs> and then eventually he corners her and in front of. A bunch of police forces her to strip down to prove that she's trans. Um, and for almost the whole bit, it looks like he's going to be proven wrong. Um, and all the cops are on her side. But then in a twist of fate, you can like see her tucking from behind. And so Which, all the cops I mean, immediately turn know, on her. Obvious, obviously, we're like disgusted by the transphobia, <clears throat> but also like... You learn how that's to talk. How... You learn how to learn how to hey, do Hey, at least job. at least that's not she... how talking works. Well, it's at least a better job than what happened in Girl. So not Honestly, to say anything no. is up. Like, the... She was significantly better at talking. Yeah, no. Um, and then like after that reveal, all the cops and stuff like that start spitting and mm-hmm. like gagging. 
Yeah, and they immediately turn on her. She gets, like, pushed into the water. It's very brutal. Yeah, which, I mean, like, obviously we are all in agreement that that was terrible. But I guess my question that, like, I'm actually wondering about in terms of things, the whole idea of just, like, the... Like, how would either of you feel about a situation in which the main character, you know, imagine a best case scenario movie, like the whole identity kind of thing is based on them being trans. Like, imagine a good, like, detective movie, or that this mm-hmm. movie was somehow good. And like, the, the plot twist uh, being the fact that the character had transitioned. Like, how would, do you think that well, would be okay in a movie nowadays? If it was like a new the movie The whole made? plot is, like, Sherlock Holmes clocks the tranny, you know? Like, it's, it's really... I think malicious. Mm-hmm. Like the, if if the plot twist is unveiling the fact that the character is trans is not very. I don't know. I, I think it's cheap. No, that's right. Yeah. Really? Which I I'm thinking because like the thing that this reminds me of is like the exact close example I could think of is in Orange is the New is in Orange is the New Black. Laverne Cox's character is in prison for committing credit card fraud <clears throat> in order to fund her transition. Right. So essentially, like, what you would have to do is have, like, maybe, like, a character that committed crimes, like, previously mm-hmm. to fund transition, then disappeared, then came back after transition and is committing more crimes. And therefore, the person has to, like, put the pieces together and figure out what that is. And which is in, would be interesting because essentially you would have to be looking at transition as a like a a thing that people do and something that would have to be taken that could be taken into account in order to you know solve this mystery as opposed to necessarily yeah and it creates a logical reason for the person to do it rather than in this film where it's a person who is already unstable has a mental break and then does this ridiculous thing and then commits more well yeah like he doesn't Mm -hmm. transition because he's trans he transitions for this bizarre he has a mental breakdown and wants to infiltrate the police so he changes his identity it's yeah so i think weird i think that Um, it would be yeah so yeah i think it would be interesting if you did want to have a trans villain in a mystery thing i think mm -hmm. that that would be that would be interesting especially like if you're if it's made now and for a cis audience like that's still not necessarily something that they would think of but then if the person is like oh shit this is what happened and like but not necessarily attributing their transition to like a mental break and giving them a logical reason for doing it my issue with that is i don't think the transition actually leaves a pretty hefty and bureaucratic paper trail that's true. like i think that cops for instance would not have a hard time solving that mystery. I think. Well, that's that, true, but like, how many, a lot, of, a lot, a lot of trans people do shit like on the black market if like they can't yeah. get into the bureaucratic system. So that's, that's true. There but, is like, if, there if is you a black identity, level there. yeah, and, and it involves like changing your name or that kind of thing. Um, also, like I think it's it's really hard to go stealth, especially sort of in the modern era of mm-hmm. online stuff. And so, like, I think it could be done. It just would have to be done really thoughtfully. Yeah, like, my, my, like, yeah, that this scenario is, like, just if I had to pick a mm-hmm. thing. No, that's fair. It was just kind of like a, you know, could it be done sort of thing. Another thing that was terrible about this movie in terms of just, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily queer, but just, like, a quick call out. Just the scene where uh, Jim Carrey's character is in the hospital um, and trying to get admitted. Oh, Jesus. That was just... Speaking of things Gross. that were just acceptable in the 90s. Which we'll get into, I think. Yeah. 
That yeah, that scene where he's like trying to infiltrate the psychiatric hospital where Finkel had stayed to figure out why he had or where he had gone after. Yeah, just like where he like just pretends to be like to a mentally disabled of, person and yeah. like was wearing a, t- a tutu and just making random noises and has like messed up hair and is basically like the '90s caricature of a um, like mentally disabled person many of whatever kind which yeah, yeah. is like this is definitely not like a unique thing for the time it's just disgusting no, it like the ableism is just disgusting ableist grotesquely yeah. homophobic grotesquely transphobic mm-hmm. which is sort of why i said earlier that this movie is like the frothing id of the 90s because mm-hmm. all of this stuff in this movie is just so out in the open you know saying the quiet parts like screaming it you know yeah. like um, and it's so shamelessly offensive. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this came out, which I don't think most people realized when they were watching it, because it was the '90s, and that was just what you did. Yeah. Well, well wasn't it uh, like uh, Silence of the Lambs came out just before this, or just? Yeah, like a few years earlier was Silence of the Lambs, um, which is another sort of infamous trans representation that I think infected the cultural consciousness a lot more than it should have. Which I think is a category I would place Ace Ventura in, where there isn't actually that much to talk about about Ace Ventura and transness. It's just so it had such a I think deep um, infectious impact on how people viewed trans people for a long yeah, time. Yeah, this is this is like you know kind of what I I think it's like part of what we've gotten into in the conclusion of a lot of episodes we've done is the whole. I would not want this, even with the good things we've watched, I would not mm-hmm. want it to be the first experience about trans people that a cis person would have. Oh, yeah. 100%. And this is this is super, super guilty for, like, a lot of, like, you know, Gen uh, Xers who have, are in positions of 30 now. Yeah. It's this and Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, these were the movies that were a lot of people's first introduction to this concept. And what they were taught was... If you kiss a trans woman, the appropriate response to preserve your heterosexual masculinity Which is, is so to fragile. set your clothes on fire, <laughs> vomit, swallow an entire tube of toothpaste, and cry in the shower, and then chew an entire thing of bubblegum at once. Well, yeah, and it's just, it was... And then the- stalk her and undress her before a crowd of cops so that they can mock her. It was a, yeah, and it's just the period of gay panic, which partially makes me wonder is like, are there examples of like, because I've seen people make the uh, conclusion that sort of like we are now with trans people in culture, sort of where gay people were in the 90s, where it's like they were starting to become accepted, but were also not taken seriously. I'm starting to think that actually we're doing better than that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think so. I yeah. think so too. But it's just, I, it's an observation I've heard. So I wanted to get your take on yeah, that. No, and I've if there's any too. examples you can think of, of trans panic that is maybe separate from gay panic re- anytime recently. Gay panic sort of refers to mm-hmm. two things. I think there's like the like legal defense that yeah. is often used or was often used against like assaults and murder. Um, which is analogous to like trans panic where someone will assault or murder a trans woman to protect their masculinity because they've been trapped, which like continues today. Um, But there's also gay panic as this like discursive explosion about trans or about gayness in the 1990s at the height of the AIDS crisis, which Mm -hmm. is when this movie came out. 
um, when sort of queerness and gayness was forcing its way into the cultural consciousness and being discussed on a level it had never been before. Acceptance and discrimination were being thrown around much more openly and much more on the surface yeah than before. and it's interesting like because you know gay panic it definitely it can it manifested in a lot of different ways like because obviously in this there's the oh it's disgusting and there's like a scene where he's like trying to like look for like a he's he's investigating all of the football players who would have gotten the ring that was his one piece of evidence yeah so there's one scene where he's like looking over a urinal at this like football player and trying to look at his ring and then like the other guy looks back and like smiles and then Jim Carrey like tails it out of there and the other guy does like a fucking like sissy like 90s gay stereotype run after him yeah like Jim Carrey is staring at this guy's dick but the funny part is that the guy is so there's a lot of that there's like like the sort of just making gayness out to be like a ridiculous joke like one of my favorite podcasts is um mm-hmm. uh blink 155 and it, they we talk know. about this a lot where they just talk about because blink 182's entire career in the 90s was based off them making gay panic jokes and just like them the entire time just mm-hmm. being like oh fuck it tom's like such an idiot and he's gonna go fuck some guys after the show haha i'm gonna go fuck some guys like that kind of stuff which still like fits in because it's like haha that's it would be it would be funny if that was true but also like that would also be disgusting it'd be be funny because it's disgusting kind of thing yeah and that that's like another Mm -hmm. facet of uh gay panic uh and then there's and that but then also a lot of times like all perceptions of trans people were fit into gay panic like one example i'm thinking of is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. sitcoms was scrubs and there's a bit where there's like a like young nurse that come that joins and one of the one of the older nurses one of the main characters is jealous of her so she's like i'm gonna start spreading rumors around that she's actually a man yep or um to bring it back around yeah oh friends Friends. oh let's let's so bad dad or mom or something who's Mm -hmm. like a cross-dresser um, that was like a Ugh. running gag on Friends. I mean, Friends is sort of notoriously. I, I'll be honest. I've watched like maybe six yeah. episodes. I this is just the episode where I really get into the fact <laughs> that I hate <laughs> this, Friends. This all was an Stop intro into Friends. this. So let's all just ring on Chandler. Well, that's the thing. Is like you don't like Friends. <laughs> it's just the social <laughs> condi- look. It's of having it's a, deep a internalized. Uh, Shut up, Misandry. Uh, that makes you like Friends. That's what it is. What you miss is not friends. It is the pre nine eleven <laughs> political landscape. Well, here's here's something that's interesting is or that I was wanted to get your idea on is, I feel like all of this is a manifestation of the I'm fine with it. I just don't want it to be around me sort of attitude towards things. Where yeah. which obviously trans people get a lot. Like I'm yeah. like I am fine with it, but I don't want to think about it. And I would actually like argue that's of, been around since the beginning of Stonewall with like Marsha P. Johnson and the whole idea of just like, you know, the, one of the big leaders of Stonewall was a trans woman of color. And basically, like, it gets erased most of the time. There was that Stonewall movie that came out as well. And it was a bunch of white gay guys. Yeah, well, I think that I think that that's mm-hmm. sort of a different thing that feel, I think I feel like that's more into like not anti anti. Yeah, like, yeah, it's more like and... different, like centering different communities at the center of movements. But what this re- what this more reminds me of is like I feel like if you had asked anybody who made these jokes, anybody who wrote these jokes, like aren't you being kind of homophobic? Like I cannot imagine any of them not trying to defend themselves and saying, "Oh, I'm just making a joke. I'm actually fine with gay people." 
and we still get a lot of that like in the like when you're dealing with trans people today or, and i'm wondering like what yeah. is that like what is that bit about people in society that makes people do this what like just make the jokes well yeah, like that that makes people like process their discomfort <laughs> well, it's through I mean, this like without any like amount of self-consciousness well i i think for like i mean like i use humor a lot for a lot of the stuff i go through i i t- don't have particularly the greatest past mm-hmm. but like I use a lot of dark humor for me to cope to understand something, and it's basically a, a safe. Le- it's a lens that makes me feel comfortable. Things that are uncomfortable to me, and I mean, like I think I think that's fine for like a yeah. lot of things. You know, like humor is you know what was it the uh, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Um, so humor is a way that a lot of us kind of get through things, and especially dark humor. Um, but I think the same thing applies in this scenario where you basically have hetero people who are scared of this because it makes them question their own self. So that's a very uncomfortable realization because if it didn't mean anything to them, they would pay no attention to it. But Rhea, I think this is like a conversation you and I had in the car the other day where it's just like transition and being gay are all things that go against the status. And every time that we do it, it creates a sense where people who would otherwise not think about such things now have to do it. And that's why you get jokes like this. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. part of it's short-sightedness, but... And so yeah, it's, like, ahead, protective. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. So they, like they wear They do it as, like, a screen, mm-hmm. because when you stop making jokes about something, you can take it seriously, but if you're perpetually in a state of making jokes, you never have yeah. to humanize it. I agree. Um, I think that that sort of protective aspect of humor, where you can kind of shield yourself from the social other by masking yeah. your discomfort in humor, is part of it. I think there's also... Um, sort of what Re was mentioning about, oh, it's just a joke, like lighten up. Like, I'm fine with gay people, I'm just making a joke. I'm fine with trans people, I'm just making a joke. You know, I identify oh. as an attack helicopter, but I'll call you whatever yeah. pronouns make you happy. It's right? your dad. Um, I think that, that that's like the structure of this, this, this structured disavowal where you, nobody thinks that they are a racist or a sexist or a homophobe or a transphobe. No one deep down believes that about themselves. Well, some people do. Most right. people who are don't. They think I'm a good person um, and my views are normal and okay and progressive and yeah. I accept everybody. Um, and so humor is presents an opportunity for them to express their homophobia or transphobia or racism or sexism in a context where they can immediately oh, yeah. disavow it. And they can they can say it and let it out without having to own it fully because it's just a joke you know i don't mean everything i joke about joke humor and comedy is like a fictitious exercise when really what you're doing is you are expressing a view and then being too cowardly exactly. to commit to and it. Uh, oh sorry i was just gonna say like i mean like and we and this is coming from us like we use humor on the show all the time for pretty much everything no we're, yeah, exactly. we're stone serious <laughs> all the time on <laughs> welcome to the- Welcome to the show where we review Essentia. No, I... I it's bad. <laughs> it's very bad. This is a bad show. He's a bad man. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Next episode. <laughs> bash friends instead. No, I... <laughs> just bash friends. Um, no, but like, even like, you know, when you bring it up with family, it's just like, it's, it's, you use humor also as a way so you don't have to understand something. Yeah. Like, generally a lot of people too that, you know, who make that whole line about like, well, I'm just making a joke. You shouldn't be offended. Or also the same people where you're like, if you're like, oh, the cishets, what do they know? And they're just like, hey, you can't do that. It's like, well, buddy, there is a sensitive. T- it's like, I guess timing with humor. Uh, I guess that's the best because like, I, I like, you know, I like comedy. I like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and there's like dark edgy humor which you know it's not really funny i guess fine to me but like timing is part of it as well like there's lots of stuff in our own past like you know be it dating or relationships or stuff like that that we joke about here in the show in person and it's been long enough that we can make those jokes now but because we've distanced ourselves from the actual event but yeah exactly it's just as soon as you get home well, like what so what i kind of what i'm getting out of this is like i never really thought about it this way is that you know when a like when we make dark humor about trans stuff whenever we make like edgy jokes at like the expense of trans people and the expense of ourselves mm-hmm. like it's making jokes about something that we sort of of like the anxiety that we have to live through, like deal with every day, and oh, we're 100%. always thinking about that. We're always thinking about just a little bit, and sort of, you know, have the experience to view it as the absurdity that it is. Because especially yeah. being trans is like is a fundamentally oh. absurd notion. But like when people outside, but when like cis people do it, like a lot of the times it's to avoid having to confront the yeah. like the real shit and the absurdity of it which is like you know it's the difference between when we make a joke and like or when like ricky gervais does it like yeah. they're two yeah. fundamentally things because we are qualified because we are like we are making fun of something that we have to live with every day as it, opposed to something that we like well, read about in a newspaper and think is stupid like there's exactly. a difference between thinking something is stupid and thinking something's yeah. absurd it's context i mean it's the same reason like none of us can use the n-word because like if we use it it's a completely different context and even and plus like we we do, we uh, we do not we are not qualified yeah to make it make jokes about at, at, at like the expense of like people of color yeah because like we don't we don't we, yeah, we, we don't have to live that and like they but they like you know know what is ridiculous and know what is absurd about that experience yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's like that contrapoints video the darkness which expresses a lot of this um and like sort of the structure of joke as tension release or tension yeah. and like the the punchline as a release of that tension where so for us to make a joke about transness the tension is the experience of discomfort of living in a transphobic society of navigating yeah that um, and that tension can be released by making a joke about it whereas perhaps for a cis person the tension is the tension of discomfort and disgust that they feel towards the presence of trans people in society. Um, and the release is the punchline that they make at that, the expense of trans people. It's like, because I mean, like, you know, obviously, like, we don't live in constant terror, but there are reminders every day. It's the little stuff that we do. Like, you know, if we go use the bathroom, if we, you know, I, I avoid public swimming pools because it's terrifying mm-hmm. to go to them. And so, yeah, like, we have to make these jokes. I make these jokes all the time, you know, just... My my old family, the ones that say that they're you know completely supportive of this, you know the few members that I do have, even just like constantly on the phone, they dead name me. Uh, one of my family members, just I'm going to rename na- make nameless just in case they happen to come across this part, uh, will dead name me, but also refer me to sh- as t- to me as she. So that's actually kind of funny now that I think about it. But you know if we don't if we don't if we don't laugh, yeah. We but cry. I'm also like wondering, is there an acceptable version of a joke from a cis person? of them addressing the fact that they are made uncomfortable by this, but like in a genuine self-reflective way in the sense that like, this is something I've never had to think about. And it's like, I don't want to get it, but based on my like point of reference, I am having trouble getting it. I mean, which is, I understand, which is that's because that's, yeah, because that's a genuine feeling and that's a genuine anxiety that I would understand a first person to say. Whereas like, 
I don't get it. I want to get it, but like it is like out so outside of my point of reference. Well, like, if you're supposed would, to, would the trans I, community accept jokes about that? If, I could actually think of one mm-hmm. joke where that, off the top of my head, that where that would fly, at least in my opinion. And again, execution is the you know not necessarily content, but execution is always the risk involved mm-hmm. in these jokes. Um, so, assuming it is the best version of this joke, I could see it being a cis guy who never had to think about it, um, one day meets a woman, like, falls in love, maybe, or, you know, is an amazing girl, ends up having sex, and through that realization, that moment where, you know, he's like, I've seen a penis for the first time, and in this moment, I'm asking myself, what do I know about these things? Like, I don't even know what to do with a penis. I've never, you know, had to have sex with a penis. Like, that would kind of be funny. And then, uh, but through that, also, at the very end of it, the punchline being, like, he realizes... And becomes a better person, understanding that just like you know what she was beautiful, and she's still the you know best what I'm woman I know, of sort of thing is in that episode mm. of Zombieland Saga when um, Saki is like, as soon as uh, she finds out that uh, Lily is trans, is like, what was oh, what was your old name? That's the butchest name I've ever heard. You're such a tiny person, and you used to be that. That's hilarious. And then like pretty immediately like starts defending her and like you know and re- and mm-hmm. recognize that stuff, but like. There, that's a, that's an interest. I think that that's an interesting way to do it is to like explore I'm, it through the context of the character who's making the yeah. joke, but then obviously like coming to a safe like a good conclusion and then creating a guidance for like other people who are sharing in that to get to that point. It's as long as the punchline stays away from um, you know she's a man. Like as long as it's like as long as the trans person in the joke is not the yeah. punchline, maybe the journey or something like that, then you're generally pretty okay. Like that's the idea with humor in general. Like, you know, if you make a joke targeted at someone's, uh, I guess, yeah. what makes them different. Like, don't punch you can, yeah, you can punch yeah, exactly. up or you can punch inward. As long as the joke is on yourself, as well, long, or on, on, yeah. or yourself. You, exactly. well, yeah, like can you can you punch up at yourself? Like, can the punchline be how stupid and ignorant and oh, how much of a chud you are? As long as you're, as long as you're not excusing it. As long as you're, as no. long as you're, as long as you're, you have a visible path outward of like being shitty. Yeah, I think an entire bit based on someone's own like realizing what an idiot they are compared to like understanding things in the world. Like, it's almost like a jo- like a routine based on self discovery. That would be fucking hilarious. It's just like very cautious. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know I if the trans community would go for that though. I can't, I do not know if there's a version. Well, of... to be fair, we are still developing our sense of humor. I love us, but we're still figuring that out. It's true. Um, I don't have a sense of humor. Not at all. This this entire show is just it's the vagina monologues, but that's oh, trans. What I want to talk about is is this a good movie? No, it's not. <laughs> like it's no, not no, not like terrible. about the transness. Oh um, sure. Let's so, talk about the movie itself, which I think it's shit. Um, oh, but, it's so bad. But yeah, no, it's weirdly, awful. a lot of people have fond memories of this movie. I think it's just the fact that you losers watched it when you were seven, and it yeah. had, like, dick jokes in it, and so <laughs> you thought that that was, like, the height of comedy, and you just haven't seen it since. No, 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 wait. What was height of comedy for you? What was your height of comedy as a kid? Um, My aunt showed me Zoolander. <laughs> oh, yeah, Zoolander's, Zoolander holds up. Uh, yeah, so, um, like, he, I like Jim Carrey. I like stupid 90s movies, and this movie is fucking terrible by, like, any standards. Literally, there are two punchlines in Ace Ventura. The first punchline is, Jim Carrey did a face. Look at the Jim Carrey face. <laughs> He's doing it again. Oh my god, what a funny face. 
And the second joke is she's a fucking tranny. Ha 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 ha. Right? Yeah. That's the two jokes like, in Ace Ventura. The, the, all, the all righty then bit was brought in from his stand-up. Like, that wasn't even part of the thing. It was just mm-hmm. like, let's cr- like make oh, Jim Carrey be it's the just... Jim Carreyest Jim Carrey that he's, he could be, and also... It's like he's doing a Jim Carrey impression. Exactly. Yeah. He's Jim being Carrey a parody of Jim himself. Carrey. Oh, and also, speaking of his extended work, not to not to derail us and bring it back to Gay Panic, but I need to talk about the overconfident gay man sketch. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Just, we'll, we'll, we'll touch, yeah, let's touch on that before we wrap up. Okay, so the overconfident gay man sketch was, I was reading through the trivia for this movie, and he's it's basically and it pointed out that he lifted most of the mannerisms of the Ace Ventura character from this uh, living color sketch, which was the overconfident gay man, which was like just again it's like just the, really bad the biggest gay panic where it's just like this guy going around being like, is this the uh, is this the line? Is this the, I'm a gay man? Is this the line for gay men? Are there only gay men in this line? And the guy's like, like can I remind no. you then that I, I am I, a gay man? Yeah, and then like, and that's the whole joke is him going around Are reminding you yeah. a gay man. And it's the whole thing is going like around reminding people that he's gay, gay sitting down and just being like, ooh, I'm gonna eat this because gay people need to eat too. I hope this feeds my homosexual palate. Like, <laughs> like the joke is literally the joke is like. Gay people keep shoving it in our face. Yeah, that's the punchline. And is this like, what adults they- in the '90s thought gay people were like. <sighs> yes, but also I just wanted to point out that if you watch that, that is also how queer people tweet now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but we I'm do gay. it ironically. It is ironic. Like I just yeah. bought some new shoes for gay people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Twitter. These are I'm gay, gay shoes because I'm wearing them. I, I wear striped socks. I'm a programmer. Just bought a homosexual subway sandwich for homosexuals. That, that is a false statement. All Subway sandwiches are homosexual by default. Only the soups like are for heterosexuals. The soups are for the heads. Uh, but I'm saying, like, because so basically what I want to get to is this film is like even not just gay panic, but it is Jim Carrey doing a parody of himself doing a gay panic joke. It feels like sort of 90s comedy stripped down to its most shitty, you know? Just yeah. like bad slapstick like funny faces gay jokes like gross out humor transgender jokes yeah talking out of his butt and like yeah fart jokes talking out of your butt sex jokes just dick and butt jokes like which could be funny about sex like the joke jokes where the joke is just that you did sex in a movie that's for kids or sort of for kids like, yeah, how does that fly in a bad. kids movie? I watched as a child. It's the nineties. Like, well, we yeah, all remember that just... moment, like watching movies with our parents, and the fucking sex scene comes on, and everyone just like stares uncomfortably at the screen, pretending like just wishing for the moment to be over. Oh god, yeah. Well, my mom would cover my ears and my eyes. <laughs> Good thing you couldn't hear the sex. I think that the fact that so many kids watched this movie in nineteen ninety four is why our culture is so broken today. Yeah, uh, uh, Ace Ventura led to 9-11. Ace Ventura was a direct byproduct of the collapse of the Soviet Union and forever poisoned American culture since. And is fucking neoliberalism, man. I want to talk about, like, the character that played the, um, like, trans woman. Like, I've obviously this is, like, for the end of the mm-hmm. thing, but, like, the quotation marks trans woman, because that doesn't really apply. But, like, just... 
some of the bits, like also there, this person was um, Mary Sean Young, also was mm-hmm. cast as um, Mrs. Hyde counterpart to Doctor Jekyll in Doctor Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde, which is another movie on our list. So this oh, is a, yeah. this is a cis woman who somehow got, type, got, got this is a cis woman who somehow got typecast as a trans woman, which is that's who I'm trying to be. <laughs> Which is just fascinating. She also was Rachel in Blade Runner, though, so we stand. I still haven't. I haven't seen Blade Runner. Can we do it? Can we do what? an episode? Can we do a Blade Runner episode? All right, yeah, I'm done. Wait, for that. what? You haven't seen Blade Runner? I have not seen Blade Runner. Actually, that I, surprises me about you. I have not seen Blade Runner. Yeah, either. which is weird because it's one of those like trans people staples. Like it's not really very trans. I actually Let don't us know, know if we're either, allowed to watch so. Blade Runner on this show and just talk about replicants like for an hour I th- maybe that'll be one of our patreon goals i've seen it come up in lists of like trans adjacent movies somehow well it's like cyberpunk yeah um and like replicants as a concept i don't know whatever There's, we can it, use it you haven't seen it we so can use it as an excuse to talk about like trans people and transhumanism Let's i'm all for it. About the 80s we've now done an episode on the 90s uh, we have to they go were bad to- folks yeah yeah, we have to do 80, so uh, make sure for next episode you have uh, tons of cocaine. So p- it pisses me off that the movie from the 50s that we did is more woke than the movies from the 90s. But yeah, but that movie was actually directed by a trans woman, or cross-dressed, the jury's still out, I'm not quite sure. No one knows. I mean, it's projecting, projecting past identities with modern terminology doesn't work. Um, <laughs> Bernie 2020! Bernie 2020. Um, but... I, I think that, like, the 90s were, like, we've talked about, like, when this stuff got much more explicit, like, mm-hmm. when the undercurrent of transphobia and homophobia really kind of, like, the wave broke, mm-hmm. you know, and splashed us all with shitty movies like Ace Ventura. And we're still recovering to this day. Yes. We are drying off. <laughs> well, I mean, the one the one thing I take solace in with movies like these is that they tend to, you know, there's days where you look at the news headlines and you get dis, you know, disheartened with certain things that are out there, groups that are targeting us. Like, I you love know, the news. It's so great. I just love turning it on and seeing how I'm ruining the fabric of society. But generally speaking, when conversations are had about these, or like when pu- people like, you know, Jim Carrey in this, or sorry, Nate Ventura you know, uh, gay people being a punchline, trans people being a punchline, as that comes more to the surface, it does eventually go away because people uh, move on. And it's a conversation about social acceptance. So if one thing, like as the trans jokes come up and they're being talked about now, or the the trans panic in this case, usually it's a sign that things are going to go in a direction that, you know, is beneficial to us. That's because it's bubbling up. That's the saddest thing is that like, we don't have to, it's not about, it's not just about civil rights, it's the fact that we have to wait for cis people to get bored of us. Yeah, and then they're just like, fuck it, fine, yeah. Because, like, we, we will keep pushing for, like, the fact that we need, like, to not die. But, uh, I mean, just like, like, at a certain point, we're gonna stop being interesting. Yeah, and then they'll move on to some other group, but, like, we get the rights in yeah. the meantime, and then that poor next group is gonna have to go through the whole fucking thing again. Well, I mean, Sorry, ideal, ideal, ideally, we're running out of groups. Like, I feel like trans people must be the bottom of, like, some bet barrel that's being scraped. Can we, uh, can we target Freemasons and people who are left-handed? I love to be scraped off the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yes, we are You're the making bottom. me feel so proud to be trans, Ree. <laughs> Just like the pawn scum at the bottom of the... We are just the most marginal of all identities. A hundred percent. 
So, move it. so I guess we'll wrap up here on this depressing point with just asking the question, how do we feel about this representation? Is it good trans representation? I, I think I think a better question is like, how do we feel about it? Because as we've said in this the beginning of the show, this is it's all bad representation for the most part. So how do we feel about this one? I liked that it was a bit more honest than girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, I think it was just... more accurate to the experience. But, yeah, at, le- at least this one. At, le- at least it was completely honest about the fact that it thinks trans people are disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah at least who point. among us has not become a police commissioner? It wears its heart on its sleeve. It says trans people fucking yuck like that's like not it's not subtext it's like the text that is fair you know? though that it's, is fair criticism that's like we are yuck. actually a frame where the, the screen just changes from ace ventura's face to just trans people are gross um and i <laughs> yeah, i wondered that i wondered honesty. about that scene that that was that was surprising like yeah but. um because like a lot of these movies that we watch purport to be good representation and aren't whereas this is not pretending to be liberal and woke. It's like, oh, let's just punch down today for like 90 minutes and have a good time. Um, yeah. And we don't have a good time, but I like that they were honest about what they were trying to do. No, it was good. I, I, yeah, I agree. This movie is basically, at least we knew what we were getting and it was kind of shit from start to finish. So mm-hmm. at least it wasn't like a good movie that had a shitty trans joke thrown in there. It was just the shit movie. With... Courtney Cox is pretty. Mm-hmm. Courtney Cox is always pretty though. It's that that's just a given. But like, yeah, it was a shit movie from start to finish. The only good part though, Cannibal Corpse inside the movie for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That was a good time. See, I, I like the things that this movie got right. I like the part where it like accurately portrays that all trans people are criminals that are fueled by uh, mental illness and trauma and have weird Freudian desires. Like the, like the part where like she starts like making out with um, like Ace Ventura, like as, once he starts yeah. figuring anything out, like that's very Freudian. What she- and she also kisses um, like the football guy mm-hmm. when she's about to kill him. Yeah, like yeah, about to kiss her like murder victim. So yeah, again, very mm-hmm. Freudian, which is very nice and accurate. I, I appreciate that they did the research. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. T- also, t- the the part where all the cops immediately turn on her, turn on her the moment they see her dick. Yeah, is very accurate. We are true yep. enemies of the state. The moment she is outed, yeah, it gets the, the yeah, cops gets, just gets gets, uh, gets uh, assaulted, and then the cops immediately send her to jail instead of the person. Well, who all the cops her. are like on her side, and yeah. then she is outed, and then they all literally burst out of their uniforms and turn into anthropomorphic pigs, <laughs> like bearded <and> <laughs> away. <laughs> Pigs are literal cops. And <laughs> all, all pigs are cops. Yeah. <laughs> pigs, oh, Sergeant Cancel. Uh, okay. right. yeah, ten, 10 out of 10. Yeah, Good 10 representation. Out of 10. Would not recommend to friend, family and friends. Perfect. Well, uh, I think. Oh, can we do an actual in. good one next time? Yeah. Yes, yeah. please. I think there's a couple please. things that we can look at that are actually like decent movies, so hopefully. Um, maybe we'll get. Also, oh, yeah? a recommendation. If you remember this movie from when you were a kid and you have fond memories of it, don't rewatch it. Yeah. You don't have to. Just enjoy it, it for now. Like the only movie I, I would say still holds up from when I was a kid was Spaceballs. That movie still is amazing. Has nobody That's else seen fair. Spaceballs? You know, it's good. I mean, it's not it's not the best Mel Brooks movie. Yeah. Wait, what's the best Mel Brooks movie? I mean, either like Blazing Saddles 100% and then Producers oh, second yeah. and then Spaceballs third. 
Uh, I would challenge you on second and third, but I would agree to number one. Yeah, Spaceballs is good, but like I feel like the jokes don't la- probably don't land as well as you remember. Mm, I don't know. I last I watched it like a month ago. It was pretty good. Mm, okay. I, I like the Schwartz twisting. How I watched it as a kid, though, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I saw that as a kid, too. I saw it before I had seen Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> maybe Star Wars is the it. comedy ripoff. Fucking Jar Jar. All right. Uh, so that's this week's episode. Again, we were hoping to make it lighthearted. Uh, we ended up going on a bit of a, a trail, but I think it was a really interesting one to have. So thank you again all for joining us this week. Uh, just a couple of little housekeeping things. Uh, if you head over to our Twitter page, uh, we do have a coffee set up. Uh, we are trying to raise funds to get hosting for a year. Uh, we have managed to buy some uh, time uh, because our, our hosting costs have had to go up to $20 a month, which is uh, SoundCloud's top tier. Uh, thank you for those who actually did donate. We actually had two people donate. Uh, it may be the same person twice, but love you. Thank you so much. And if you send, if you DM me, DM me your name, I will definitely call you out on the show because that is amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. Every little bit helps. Also, too, uh, we did hold a poll recently, and um, we did hear your feedback. And we're gonna do oh more God. skits. I'm just kidding. More we're- skits. <laughs> We're going to be doing, we're looking into doing a Discord server. Uh, we are going to appreciate your patience while we do this. There's a couple things. Yeah, so yeah. the problem with the Discord server as a concept <laughs> is I am very concerned that it will either turn into like a not safe for work nude swap group or a Stalinist versus anarchist versus Trotskyist like deathmatch and i mean um, i'm or both at the same I'm actually, time i was just say if we could combine those two i'd be fine with it but uh <laughs> yeah we want to do this right we want to have a fun community for everyone to come hang out in so we're going to spend the next little bit researching what does and doesn't work if any of you have suggestions feel free to dm us but yeah we are looking into it and also a patreon is going to be set up sometime soon and we have some ideas for rewards but we will get back to you at a later a time gaytreon get the gaytreon you know how the nazis have hatred i was just gonna say yeah we <laughs> We should make Gatrion. <laughs> you have to suck a dick to enter. And uh, anyways, thank you again for joining us. I'm Madeline Hops. I'm rabbit underscore is dead on Twitter. I just fucking moved, so I ain't doing shit all except editing this and trying to settle down for the next few weeks. So there's that. <laughs> I cut out the dead space. It's fine. I love the dead space. <laughs> I'm Amelia Blair. I am at Lavender Ashtray on Twitter. I don't. I'm just writing papers right now, honestly. Writing papers. You're also studying, taking a trip. Crying. Taking a trip later. It'll be good. Crying in the trip. I'm okay. You're going you're, you're to travel to a different country and cry there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And I'm Ree Carter. R-H-I-R-H-I-C-A-R-T-E-R. And my game studio that I co-own is putting out a game next month. We don't have a really exact release date yet, but we do have pre-orders available for it on steam and if you go to either my twitter or look up dead genre studios uh it's a like flappy bird battle royale that's like vaporwave and he plays dolphins it's pretty fucking sweet it looks phenomenal yeah it's actually really fun to play as well so that'll be out in probably next month and it's not gonna be that much money so if you want to go pre-order it that would be great 
Yeah, and uh, support also trans too, game re- developers. Yeah, exactly. And also, too, Re will be uh, then moving on to doing uh, 3D furry porn art uh, by commission. So, that, any of you the, who want some send, dream. send request DMs now. Yeah, if you want to see that sweet, sweet yif action, I believe that's what the kids are calling it. Yif, uh, what? Dab on over. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just on Urban Dictionary. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, so, yeah, yeet that meat. Um, anyways. <laughs> Um, thank you for this episode thank you for sticking around we love you all and we'll see you all again in two weeks thanks again take care